Let me just start by saying I love the family table. It means a lot to me. And growing up, our family table was so important. Uh, when I look back on it now, that was the place where we did our connecting. Uh, and every day, our connecting happened around the table. And, and my dad uh, was the one who kept order at the table, which frustrated the snot out of him because my, my sisters and I, when we got together, there were those evenings where we would do some cutting up. You know, just, I, I'm sorry, but we would, we would have fun, and, and Dad would get a little flustered. He'd say, ah, now cut it out, not at the table. Have you ever heard that phrase, not at the table? Uh, matter of fact, as, as uh, I was raising my own family, I think I used that phrase a time or two, because I got a bunch of uh, comedians in my family. And, and uh, we, we enjoyed time. We really did. And there are some things that you don't want at the table to distract from the opportunity you have when you're sitting down together. You know, it, it would be dad saying, hey, not at the table, stop the cutting out or uh, cutting up, or it can't be a, you know, we don't want an animal at the table, uh, or, or we don't want the TV on while we're at the table. There, there's some things, I mean, might not be a part of uh, a rule, especially if you're raising a family. Uh, it's it's uh, probably a good possibility that, that man, if you got the TV on, I, I would suggest turning it off and use that time not only to eat, but to have that conversation about what's happening in the day. And even today, I know this would have happened in the Roberts family if we would have ever allowed my kids to have cell phones uh, or anything like that. No devices at the table. I, I think, I, you know, we can't live without our devices, but if there's any time where you set them aside, I would even tell the kids, leave them in your room. I don't even want them with you. And, and that would include dad and mom putting them in the room. I, you know, if someone calls, they'll leave a message. Or you could see later, right? That's the nice thing about these. Oh, well, so-and-so call, I'll call them back. You could do that. Did you know you could do that? I know it's like, some, for some people, it's like removing an appendage. But, but uh, you, there's times when you just need to get away from it. And I, I think, man, the dinner table ought to be one of those times so that you could have what we call face-to-face -face conversation. And which is really a blessing. Not at the table. Here, here is a problem that the Corinthians were facing. They were facing difficulties at the table. When I say at the table, I mean it, it was during that time of communion. And Paul addresses it here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We dealt with the beginning part. But, but in verse, just listen to this. Here's how he introduces it in verse 17. He comes along and says, In the following directives, I have no praise for you. Now, if you remember when we were together last week, it was in verse 2. He says, I praise you for, uh, I praise you for remembering me in everything and, and in holding to the traditions that he established. You know, so um, there was a praise, but now he turns to, hey, there's no praise for you in this. And then he says, for your meetings, your coming together, do more harm than good. Let, let that soak in for a little bit. That actually your coming together, and, and, and this is part of it, is doing more harm than good. Well, there's two, object, or two, two uh, things that you could do. Is, well, let's stop meeting together. That, that's one uh, thought. If it's going to do more harm, let's stop meet together. Or number two is definitely to correct it. Right? Paul is looking for them to correct something here. And it has everything to do with their coming together, has everything to do with their coming together, and this table is included in that. 
I want to make sure that's clear as we begin. I'm going to actually jump ahead in our text. We'll go back and, and identify the problem and lay that out. That's going to be really important. But here's how Paul addressed and, and said, you know, we, we first of all identify it in the next verse and then how we could remedy as we go through. So listen carefully as we begin in verse 27. Paul says, so then, again, we're going to go back and look at what the so then is all about. But here's what he says. Whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. Anybody get the idea this is going to be a tough one? <laughs> I knew it. Oh man, sweating through it all week. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, we are judged in this way by the Lord. We are being, oh, excuse me. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. Not at the table. Not at the table. Something happening in their gathering together and that they brought right to the table that was not supposed to be there. And, and so we're going we're gonna to focus on that. It has everything to do about around this table. Uh, Paul actually makes this very clear. And, and so I think there's a point that I would like to address with you this morning is this, that judgment, God's judgment, comes for those who abuse communion. Judgment's coming for those who abuse this table. And you think, well, we've talked about this before, but I, I think it's important that we look carefully at what Paul is talking about here. So let's, let's start here. There are some absolutely some lessons that we need to learn about this table from Paul. And let's start here by identifying what it says in verse 27, an unworthy manner, an unworthy manner. So here's the first point. We abuse communion when we separate ourselves from other believers. The word that Paul uses is divide or divisions. That was the problem. This is a, a familiar problem with the Corinthians early on, right? Hey, I'm of, a, I'm of Paul, or I'm of Apollos, or I'm of Cephas. There was divisions from way back, but Paul is addressing it once again, and over another matter that, that they needed to deal with. Now, the Corinthians definitely were dealing with divisions, and, and it, was, it was within this meal or within their gathering together. Uh, there, was, there was quite a bit difference and they're gathering together as compared to ours. Okay, we have, we have this big building and pews, which you get to look at a majority of the backs of people's heads, and my face, right, from where you are. This was in a home. Uh, a majority of those uh, here early on met in homes. And, and predominantly, it was, it was someone who, who had a greater means to have a larger home where more people can meet. And so there were... Uh, 
figured that many of those were well-to-do or, or those who had some wealth uh, and larger homes. Uh, the, also, the meal was different. Okay, this is our meal today. And we would never consider this any kind of substantive meal that, that we could really become filled on. Question, how many of these would it take for you to become full? Okay, at the end it said some of you are being gluttonous. And so, I don't know, anybody, I'm going to give you a chance right now to repent of your sinfulness and go replace everything that you took. Anybody take over 10 or 20 for themselves? You're being a glutton, go put it back. No, I, no one has done that. Because how can you, right? But, but for them it was a meal. They sat down for a meal. And part of the meal, they would take the time and, and then focus upon the cup that's being presented, which represents the blood of Christ. And the bread, which represents his body. It was a time of focus. You think about when Jesus instituted it, they sat down for a meal. They sat down for a meal. It was the Passover meal, which was a celebration. The table was full, and they were eating along. And then it was during the meal that Jesus stood up, and, or whether he stood up or not. But he, he, he said, this is the cup, or, or this is the bread. This is the bread, this is the cup. And he, he, he instituted what we do each Sunday of remembrance. So what was happening here is it, with this meal, uh, and, and to identify a little bit, uh, of their homes. There was, there was a portion of this house that was the entryway. It was called an atrium. And it was large. It was, it was more like a courtyard. And, and so when they begin the meal, it's thought that each one was given a port, portion and sit out to the larger part. Maybe that's even where they had the service because that, that's where more people would be able to be seated. So they went out into this atrium uh, to, to eat their meal and then observe the Lord's Supper. While the host and a selected few would be seated in what we would designate as a dining room. In the dining room, there would have been uh, something called a uh, triclinium, which is a three-sided couch that surrounded the table. So there's only a few who are able to sit there. So it, more than likely, they're thinking it's the host of the home and a selected few who would set in there. And, and while those got their portions, uh, this group that was in there in the house had their seconds and thirds and had their feel. So how did Paul... So this is what Paul is addressing. There is a, a division going on. And it was... Uh, between the wealthy and maybe those who aren't wealthy, or those that we liked and those that we don't like. There was dividing going on. Here's how Paul addresses it, beginning in verse 18. He says, in the first place, I hear that when you come together, uh, again, verse 18, when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. Right? He's already addressed it. I mean, I could see divisions. There's another reason for the division, and, and yeah, that, that Paul is receiving word, and so he said he confirms. He said, this sounds like you Corinthians in the divisions. Verse 19 says, no doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. Then he says in verse 20, so then when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. See the host and the selected few on the inside? As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. 
What's he referring to? Well, this is the unworthy manner in which they were taking. This was the unworthy manner, and, and we're talking about that small group who was separating themselves from everyone else who was out in the courtyard. This is the unworthy manner by which they were taking. They were worthy of rebuke. Here's how Paul handled it. Verse 22, going on, he says, Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? They're out in the courtyard. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? <laughs> Certainly not in this manner. Now, we don't have this trouble. Again, you know, not gluttonous and not, not to doing separating, but... The question is, are there divisions amongst us? It, it wasn't just the action and attitudes that, that was right there. It is still a question amongst us. Are there divisions amongst us? Because in the question, the real problem was there was absolutely some divisions that were happening within the church, and then they would come and celebrate the table and said, you're disgracing what this represents. That's the problem. That's where the rebuke is coming from, is overall just the fact that you as a church are, are divided. You're, you're actually putting, you're setting separate and, and causing this division. Now, uh, I, I want to deal with verse 19. Verse 19 is in there, and you're thinking, well, what does that mean? Uh, Paul says, no doubt there have to be Differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. What's he talking about? There have to be divisions. Let me just lay out a truth I believe this verse reveals. There are divisions here that, that God knows. There, there are divisions in churches all over, and, and God knows the dividing that's going to go on someday later. Jesus called it uh, a judgment where the, the sheep are separated from the goats. Uh, those who are truly the followers of Jesus and those who have been really kind of self-centered and about themselves. So, so Paul says, yeah, there's, there, in reality, there are going to be divisions among you. There's going to be those who are right in Christ and there are going to be those who are, are maybe pretending or are not genuine in their relationship. Are, are you understanding this? Catch this because, man, judgment is in there. Is that there's a separation, and, and some, and then that's why it says at the end of that, that that's, and some of you have God's approval. Uh, you, you sheep on this side, you sheep that feel like you're being rejected and, and set aside, now, you're good. It's those who are doing the dividing. It's those that are doing the dividing. Man, they're in trouble. This is heavy. This is real heavy because it comes to this. We. We partake in an unworthy manner when we bring these divisions to the table. If, if we're a part of a division or causing a division, we are, we are participating in an unworthy manner. Now, listen, it, it could be someone that I'm at odds with, someone who has offended me, someone who's hurt my feelings. And, and, and therefore, you know, you stay on your side and I stay on my side. Oh, man, it's not right. Oh, let me, let me just take a little bit of time and let's think through this last year. Divisions. I just want to be honest with you. This, this last year was rough. Before 
COVID and the election year we went through, I would tell you that I felt such unity here. I felt so comfortable coming to the table. And, and even then, I, honestly, the difficulties of the, the, the COVID and, and the election year and, and frustrations and everything that we've gone through has actually opened wounds that needed to be seen. Maybe, maybe not so much the unity we thought we were in. I, I, let me be, I, I will be honest with you. As I said this, I opened this and had to, had to start dealing with this all this week. I, let, let's talk about COVID just a little bit. Last week, I made a little pun about mask wearing. And, and I had someone who was listening online call me on it. Because it was offensive. I, it wasn't written in my notes. I promise it wasn't. It just its one of those things that just, pff, I threw up. You know, it just, it just blurted out of my mouth. It came out. And, and I, was, I was in control. I said it. And, and this is a brother in Christ. This is a brother in Christ. I had to, I had to apologize. And before you, if I offended anybody last week with that comment, some won't, some will. And, and, and those who are, are watching today, man, if I offended you, if, if for any reason that I might be the cause of a division because of that, I ask his forgiveness and I ask your forgiveness. Okay? Are we okay? If, if by chance that's not good enough for you, let me know. Okay? Uh, because I'm, I am genuine about that. I, I am not wanting to cause any ill feelings or, or hurt over this issue this past year? Is there right, wrong? Oh, man, that's part of the, the difficulties of this. When it comes to the political season, man, it was, it was difficult right in the midst of it. And we, uh, we had Michael Berg who preached a sermon in January. And afterwards, it was difficult. It was heavy, and there were some, some things said there that, that somebody, uh, some of us just really, oh, can't believe he said that from the pulpit. <laughs> but here's one thing he did say in his sermons, man, if you have trouble with anything that I've said, please come see me. One person came to see him. I know there was more upset than that, right? One person came to, to and thank you, that one person. That's exactly what we ought to be doing. The action, boy, if you say something, if I were to say it, I want you to come and say something to me, not to other people, because we're family. Does that make sense? But we, we had many other conversations going on, grumbling, getting with people that are like-minded, and doing the grumbling about this Michael Berg. Hey, this brother in Christ is welcome at this table. He's welcome at this table. He is my brother in Christ. And if there is something, listen carefully, if there is something that, that, that boy, I can't believe you said that. Even as I was approached about the, the, the jest I made last week, which was unnecessary and out of place, that, that we too need to go and say, hey, I, I, I take issue with what you said in this case. He needed that. It was the second time he preached. And, and uh, one thing Mike likes to do is to talk. You know, and he likes to talk to people. And he loves people. And, and he would listen and correct. 
But I tell you one thing that causes divisions is where we begin to talk about each other instead of directly to the source of, of where we're hurting or the source of where we're frustrated. That's what remedies. That's what heals. We might not be in agreement in some areas. We just might, hey, that's just the way it's going to be. We're not going to agree upon everything. Did you need to hear that? You knew that. You knew that. But understand what this table is about. Understand that, man, that's where Paul goes. Let's talk about this table. Let's talk about the unity that if you're in Jesus, guess what? And they're in Jesus, you are united. You are united, which I think is so important. Let me, let me move forward because in verse 28, he makes it really clear that there's a remedy for the problem. Hey, if our meeting together is causing harm, let's correct it, right? There's a remedy for it. What does he say in verse 28? And it is this. As soon as I pull it up. Uh, verse 28 is, is, is every, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Uh, we avoid judgment through personal examination. Personal examination. It's not me judging you and you judging me, it, it, I, which is good, right? Personal, personal examination. Say before we partake of this meal, or, or even before we come, maybe it's a good idea to get on our knees and just do a personal examination. What does that mean anyway? What does it mean, personal examination? For years I thought it meant I'm going to review my past week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? How many of you are with me? Yeah, I'm just reviewing every day. Where was it that I sinned this week? Uh, can I? <laughs> My conclusion about every time that I came before the table and I was doing a review was, was, was this. Oh, I, yeah, I, oh, sinful, sinful, sinful. Need to do some repenting. Hey, if, if it is a test of whether I'm worthy or not coming to the table, let me just make it clear to you. You're not worthy. <laughs> I'm not worthy of this table. That's why we celebrate this table. Does that make sense? That's why this table is so important. It is because we are celebrating that what we cannot do and what we cannot earn, Jesus did for us. Ooh, isn't that right? Jesus did it for us. So this is a celebration. So what is this examination? Except you look at verse 19. Uh, excuse me, 29, where it says, For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. What are we examining ourselves with? Where is it that we're taking our examination? How's my relationship with the body? How, how, how am I treating others in this body? Am I, am I a support and an encouragement? And where I've found difficulties, have I, have I spoke to those who have offended me? Or, or with those that I might have offended, have I corrected that? Because I'm called to love this body. I'm, I'm called to love you. And when I come to this table... That's going to be well represented if we are loving, caring for, and, and we're not just talking just the few in this body, because hey, those that were in that inner room, and they were loving each other, just doing exactly what the Bible said, but they were being so un unloving and rejecting of everybody else on the outside who had give, given their portion and just sent outside. We're not 
doing that physically here, but are we doing it emotionally? Are we, are we part of, of a division? Are, are we causing a division? In that examination, man, it is, it's repentance. And part of that repentance is correcting where there's been offenses, where we've broken relationship, where we've broken and divided. That's what the Scripture's talking about. That's where the focus is. If there is division, you are causing... Uh, again, verse 17 says, all we're doing is causing harm. Oh, you didn't come here to cause harm. I, I don't believe anybody is here with this idea, I'm going to cause harm here. But we're causing harm if we are supplying, encouraging, or even being a part of any kind of division. We ought to be people who are very aware of that and calling people out if they begin to talk about somebody else. Hey, you need to say, hey, you need to speak to that person. You need to correct it with that person. Or, or, or the topic. Again, we're, we might not see eye to eye on everything. That's okay. We, we might have difficulties between us, but we could talk about that. And, and, and then at the end, man, I, I want to embrace you as my brother and my sister and just say, hey, we are connected. I, you know what? A family is a family. We're always in agreement. You know, families that you raised, there was never any difficulties, right? Anybody in, in a family say that? That's the way our household works. We're always seeing eye to eye on everything. As long as you listen to what dad says, you're okay. No. But the truth, but the, but the truth is, the truth, thank you, Bill. Uh, but, the, but the truth is this, is that that as, as we come together, man, the directions we come from, far and wide, east, west, into this area, raised differently, faced difficulties I've never had to face, and there's some strength in you because of it. How can I separate myself from you? Because you might see something different. The one place we ought to be always in agreement is His Word. Right? We want to have conversations. Let's talk about this. And, and, and because there should be one meaning, not several meanings. And we ought to pursue that one meaning of what this scripture means or, or talks about. Listen, in, in creating the division, 29 says you bring judgment on yourselves. I want to make clear. You see, this meal actually represents salvation. It is a celebration of the salvation we have through Jesus Christ. But... If we are doing this in an unworthy manner, causing division, then what, what that blood becomes is a liability to us. It, we're not celebrating. Matter of fact, he even said it earlier. You're not celebrating this meal. He didn't go on and say it. You're disrespecting the blood and everything this represents. I, I, I will be honest with you. Through my life difficulties and troubles with people, I have disrespected this table. I, I, I have disrespected this table. Just this week, I feel like I disrespected in, in the fact that I offended some and then, but was able to make it good with, with him during the week. I don't want to be a part of dividing. Let, let me move. I, I think this is important. That in verse 30, it says that God brings discipline. Real quick. In verse 30, how this happens, I don't know. But here's what Paul says. That is why many of you, because of your, your unworthy manner at approaching this, many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. 
I don't know what to say to you. Is, is God causing us to be sick and weak? And Is that part? I, I do believe spiritually sick. What's causing harm? Who knows? There might be some who have gone to that extent that, that in, in your division, he's caused uh, physical sickness. Paul says with the Corinthians, that's happening. Can, can, I, can I share with you? And this is just, should I even pray this prayer? God, because later on, he calls this God's discipline. Uh, let me go ahead and read it just so clear on this. But, but he, he says that in verse 30 about people are sick. He says, but if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under his judgment. I mean, there's a judgment right now causing some to be sick and some dying. He says, nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not finally condemn uh, be condemned with the world. I, I want to make this clear. Should I just go ahead and say, hey, God, listen, if we are disrespecting you, if we are partaking in an unworthy manner, God, we want you to discipline us. Would that be okay? <laughs> I think it's a right prayer. God, discipline us. If we're unaware, if, if, if I'm unaware, I'm, I'm, I'm being you know, blinded to my own dividing. Lord, discipline me. Would you be willing to pray that today? Bring your discipline upon me. Why? Why? Because at the end he says, so that we won't be condemned with the world. So that the final, the final part of my life is not going to be finding myself in some kind of, in that judgment along with the rest of the world because I'm counted along with the wicked. Because I have chosen to dishonor this table. My mind is somewhere else. My mind and my heart is somewhere else. It's not upon the Lord. It's not upon Him. If it was, then you are special people all around us. Because guess what? You're in Jesus, I'm in Jesus. Finally, I, forgive me. I, no, I'm, I'm in good time. What am I doing? I thought I'd been talking for a long time. Fine, that gives me time to do point number three. Aren't you glad? Just say hallelujah and we'll move on. But the final part comes in, in this, this verse 33. It says, we are all, this is the third point, we are all called to come together at the table. This, this is the table we gather around, that we participate in, that we are... It's where we recognize that, hey, tell me about your salvation. And when you tell me, you talk about Jesus because he is your salvation. That's my story. And, and each of us are able to share. Say, man, we have so much more in common than I thought. Because we all belong to one God through one Savior. One God through one Savior. Matter of fact, uh, Paul emphasized that back in chapter 10, verses 16, 17. He says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. One body. For we all share the one, one loaf. I don't know. When, when neighbors over here and people throughout are partaking communion, I believe it's one body. When those who are celebrating this same thing, they're one body. We are one body. 
We are one body when we partake. How dare any one of us come into that place and cause divisions? Oh, man, because what we're doing is an insult to this and not, and, and not a celebration of what Jesus has done. I don't want to be dishonoring of Jesus' blood and his body. I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be dishonoring of that at all. I know you don't. Uh, one part of this says those who are gluttons, those who are getting their fill when they come to the table, there's, hey, stop that is what he says. And we could just identify that, it, the self-centeredness. You know, my world revolves around me. It is about self-centeredness. It's all about me, this meal, this body, everything's about, it's not. It's not. This is a great reminder. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And it's hard. I, I believe part of the harm is, is what happens outside these walls and in our community when they see a body that, oh man, I, I've heard other people are talking about the church when we have difficulties. Why? Maybe because we're not talking about the difficulties together. And it's going out here with messages elsewhere that's harmful. I don't want to hide anything. I think we ought to deal with it as it comes. And face to face. And hey, please forgive me. Or, man, I, I was really offended by this. You know, having conversations like family would around a table. Am I right? Like family would around the table. It just comes to this point. After Paul does this, let me ask you this simple question. Are you ready to partake? We've come together physically. The question is, are we together in Jesus? Let me ask that again. Are you ready to partake? This, this is our invitation. I told Brian, don't worry about what Eric does later. This is our invitation. And when I say it's invitation, this is the time to examine yourself. This is the time to examine yourself. We're going to just take a moment, a couple moments, uh, to, to give people opportunity just to bow, yourself, bow your head, not to think about who else is around you. This is between you and God. God, I pray that your spirit will be a part of examining our hearts and our lives. May we ask the question, have I been a part of a division have I, it doesn't mean that I have to be the one leading it, but maybe I'm just listening and, and, and stoking the fire for someone who is, is causing division. Or am I the one even a part of dividing us? Have I uh, had communication, even gone online and, 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 and done some things instead of talking to family? I'll open that up. If you take some time, if, if there is a place in your heart and life that needs to be corrected, we're going to do it this morning before we partake. Take some time right now.